Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I've been saying since just after the turn of the millennium that we live in a simulation. It's the equivalent of a a vast, advanced um, virtual reality. But, you know, in the years that have passed, the many years that have passed, more and more mainstream scientists are saying, well, actually, if it was a simulation, it would explain so many things that are otherwise unexplainable. For instance, the physics of our reality is the same physics, basically, as a virtual reality game. It's been uh, well uh, established. Um, so why? Um, and this simulation is trap. And we interact with the simulation through the human body, through the five senses. And that's why the cult wants us to um, stay in only five sense perception. Because then our perception is the simulation. The simulation is being fed to us all the time. When the Matrix movies came out, it was uh, it was a godsend for me because, for whatever reason that you know motivated them, because suddenly there was a visual uh, portrayal of what I was trying to get across. Uh, and so, if you um, if you look at the, the symbolism of the Matrix, the the characters who were outside the Matrix didn't go into it in their bodies. Their bodies stayed outside. They went into it through their minds. Welcome to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Universal Grace is a dose of personal development and spiritual truth to help you become the best and greatest version of yourself. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this raw and unfiltered transformational podcast. I know that we're all capable of becoming the very best version of ourselves. We just need to remember who we are and believe that we are worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. I am here to awaken you to your infinite potential and inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. You ready? Let's get started. Welcome back to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. We have a very special guest in today. His name is David Icke. He's an English writer and public speaker known since the 1990s as a professional conspiracy researcher, calling himself a full-time investigator into who and what is really controlling the world. David is the author of over 21 books and 10 DVDs and has lectured in over 25 countries speaking live for up to 10 hours to huge audiences, filling stadiums like Wembley Arena. They called him crazy, insane, and even a lunatic, 
and he was subjected to decades of ridicule, dismissal, and abuse. Oh, but how things change. Today, his books are read all over the world, and his speaking events are watched by thousands on every continent. Why? Because what he has been so derided for saying is now happening in world events and even mainstream media. Scientists are concluding that reality is indeed a simulation. And almost every day, something that David Icke said long ago is supported by happenings and evidence. As Mahatma Gandhi said, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. David Icke's time has come. Welcome, David. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That's a pleasure. It is an honor to have you, David. It is really, really, really um, an honor to have you. It's like I, I said before we got on, um, we started recording that it's hard for me to think of a person that I respect <clears throat> more than you. For the past 30 years, everything that you have predicted has is now happening in current events. <clears throat> Excuse me, you're one of the most bravest and most courageous person that I've ever met. And, and like I said, it is an honor. Um, I'm going to start with your book. Your book is called The Perceptions of a Renegade Mind. I've read it once on my Kindle, and I'm reading it again in, um, in the physical hard copy form. And um, you've put immense wisdom and research into your book, into all of your books. And um, what I gather from this book is this book is an invitation for all of us to change our perception and you know, so that we can change our lives because our perception of how we're perceiving the world is what's, um, is what's running our lives right now. So why is it, why the urgency and the need since the beginning of time to dumb down humanity? You know, in many ways more important, in many ways the absolute foundation of it all is to keep from the target population the nature of reality and the nature of the true I. What you want to do, which is why this information system of education and media and all the rest of it is, is focused on this, um, is to get people to believe that their I, their true I, is their name, their sex, their uh, religion, their race, their sexuality, they're labels, the labels that we give ourselves and are given in a brief uh, experience of our consciousness we call human. What they don't want us to realize is actually we, the true I, is the consciousness having the experience. They got to get the population to self-identify the experience as the I and the only I. Uh, and so you have religion that basically sells the idea that there's a there's a, a, a god who um, wants you to act like he um, says that you should otherwise there's a problem uh, and then you have the other side which is basically there um, we're just a cosmic accident this is the mainstream scientific view again mainstream science controlled by the cult that's why they they overwhelmingly don't go into these deeper areas of reality, except on the fringes. And uh, so if you self-identify the I with the labels of a human life, what you're self-identifying with is limitation. 
you're, you're self-identifying the I only with the five senses. And the five senses can't connect dots because that's not how they work. I, I'm, I'm looking into this room now with my five senses and I can see form, but between the form, to me, it looks like empty space. So the five sense view of the world immediately gives you the visual impression that everything's apart from everything else, that I'm apart from you and everyone's apart from everyone else. There's no connections. And that, of course, makes divide and rule very, very easy because the five senses are telling you that it's all about division and um, nothing's connected. But actually, if you could go deeper into the, the visual field, you'd see that actually the form, all the form, whether it's human form or any form, is connected by a sea of energy, just like all the fish are connected by the sea just like um, a Wi-Fi field, uh, and it connects everything. And we are interacting with that field all the time, and we're reacting, interacting with that field of possibility, probability, the quantum field of um, possibility and probability, as it's called. Um, we're um, interacting uh, with that with our own energetic fields, because the, the body is just the, the, the level the five senses can perceive. There are many, many other levels of the, of the human uh, entity, which are um, what some people call subtle bodies. They are uh, energetic fields of consciousness that um, are outside the, um, the visual limits, which are pathetically small, of the five senses. Uh, and we are interacting with this field of possibility and probability, this ocean, um, with our energetic field. Now, what dictates the nature of our energetic field? Our perceptions do. Um, you know, if you um, believe yourself only to be the labels of a human life, uh, you perceive yourself to be little me, I've got no power, um, then that perceptual state will become your, the state of your energetic field because um, as is well known now, every time we think and every time we feel, we are generating frequencies. And those frequencies are different depending on the nature of the thought and the emotion. So joy and love are very high light frequencies and depression and fear are very low, slow frequencies, which is why we feel, quote, heavy when mm -hmm. we're in those low vibrational states. So the sum total of the mental and emotional frequencies we are generating from our perceptual state is dictating the perceptual field. And thus it's dictating how we interact with this sea of possibility and probability that we're interacting with all the time without knowing it. And so if you are in a, um, a little me, I've got no power, what can I do, a kind of mentality, then that will express itself through the frequencies it generates in a very limited perceptual mm -hmm. field. Your mental and emotional sense of limitation will become your energetic uh, state of limitation. And so you will interact with the field of possibility and probability in a very narrow 
um, low vibrational way and therefore you will um, create this feedback loop which will deliver a self-fulfilling prophecy your perception of self becomes your experience of self mm. and when you um reevaluate your self-identity which is the last thing this cult wants oh my god worst nightmare and you start to um self-identify with being not the labels of a human life but the consciousness, eternal, infinite awareness, having an experience called the labels, then your expanded sense of self-identity becomes an expanded uh, perceptual field. One creates the other. And as a result, you are now interacting with the field of possibility and probability in a much more expanded, much more expansive, and much more high frequency uh, state. And thus, what you will bring into your life as an experience through the feedback loop between the fish and the sea will be extraordinarily different to someone in little me mode. And this is why when people go through this so-called awakening, what is awakening? It's awakening from the five sense prison, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's awakening to the fact that we, we've been living a false self-identity, which I call phantom self all our lives. And, and as we go through that awakening, people then start to see synchronicity in their lives and things uh, happening and bits of luck just when you need them and fancy seeing you here. What's the chances of that? Um, and I mean, the information has come from me to me over the last 32 years through synchronicity. I mean, you couldn't make up some of the things that have happened to me in um, terms of information dropping in my lap. And so um, your life becomes expansive because your self-identity becomes expansive. And, and what happens is as you expand your awareness, you go to levels of perception, which can see the dots you are perceiving through your intuitive knowing beyond the five senses. So you, you start to see intuitively how the dots connect and how the patterns uh, are, are there to be seen. Whereas in little me mode, five sense only mode, you can't see how dots connect because all you can see is dots. It's what the five senses do. And so what you're seeing, going back to what I talked about earlier, with the awakening people in the COVID era and the, the ones buying the lie in the COVID era, you're seeing absolutely on public display this different state of consciousness when you are in little me mode, so... I'm little me, I've got no power, so the government must tell me what to do. Mm. To those who um, are becoming more and more aware of their own power and their own potential, and thus they don't want to be told what to do, they want to decide what to do themselves. And it's the decide what to do people that all this censorship is targeting, because the cult's terrified of that. They're terrified of awakening because their control, how can the few control the many? How can a, a literal comparative handful control 8 billion nearly? 
unless the eight billion control themselves by their perception and therefore their behavior. So once you once this cult loses control of perception, it loses control of the world and it loses control of humanity. Yes, and, yes. And, so, and they don't want us to create a um, to get together and recognize that we're all one. There is no separation. So they create race wars and all those different, um, you know, things to separate us because they don't want us to get together and create a world of love because they cannot touch love. They're afraid of love because love is what brings us all together. And you can't, can't touch love because it's it's a frequency beyond where they're at. It, 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 literally, it's a different radio station on a completely different wavelength to the one they're on. That's why that's why they they not only um, can't um, affect it, they um, they seek to stop it being felt by other people, which is why they they uh, are uh, all the time trying to get us to fear and pull it, pull us into those yes. the low vibrational. Um, band that they're in because they know that they lose control of us once that uh once we break out of that band and start to express yes. ourselves yes. and that's what i tell my family the, the only purpose of the news media in my opinion the only purpose it serves i really don't i haven't watched tv in so long but the only purpose it serves is to consistently give us false information to change our perception to create that fear and that division so we can always believe that something or someone outside of us is doing something to us so we can always live in that state of fear and totally detach from love which is what creates which is which is what we are we are love you know so how does this tie into the metaverse and their plan to change you know us to a, a synthetic biological human being? How does this all tie into um, our minds connecting to AIs and, and all of that they're planning in the new world, new world order? Well, I've just finished a new book actually, um, which goes into this um, in, in, in levels that um, I, I've never seen written anywhere else. Um, the, 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 it's another stage of the rabbit hole, it really is. But, um, to, to keep it where we are at the moment, um, I, I've been um, saying since just after the turn of the millennium that we live in a simulation. It's the equivalent of a, a vast advanced um, virtual reality. Uh, uh, and came across who was even going there and he went there in a different way to me was a guy called Nick Bostrom at Oxford University. But, you know, in the years that have passed, the many years that have passed, more and more mainstream scientists are saying, well, actually, if it was a simulation, it would explain so many things that are otherwise unexplainable. Um, for instance, the physics of our reality is the same physics, basically, as a virtual reality game, a computer game. It's been um, well uh, established. Um, so why? Um, and this, simulation is a trap and we interact with a simulation through the human body through the five senses and that's why the cult wants us to um, stay in only five sense mode five sense perception because then our perception is the simulation the simulation is being fed to us all the time and you know um 
I, when when the Matrix movies came out, it was uh, it was a godsend for me because for whatever reason that you know motivated them, um, because suddenly there was a visual um, a visual uh, portrayal of what I was trying to get across, uh, and so if you um, if you look at the the symbolism of the Matrix, the the characters who were outside the Matrix didn't go into it in their bodies, their bodies stayed outside. They went into it through their minds. minds. So there was the probe put into the back of their neck. Um, and what that fed to their brain was information. And they went in to the matrix as a result of that information. It was like putting a, a headset on in a virtual reality game, basically. and. So if you take the brain um, in that example to be actually the mind, because the brain's not the mind, the brain, the brain is a computer that uh, processes information. Um, the mind is an energetic field. Um, if you take the, the mind to be um, the, the, the brain in the matrix, if you like, that, that, that the simulation is being fed to that level of us that we call mind. And the mind is decoding that information. It's in waveform, etc. And it decodes it into a digital form. And that digital form, digital holographic form, is the world that we're experiencing. And it's kind of interesting that it, when you when you break down how we um, create and perceive what we call physical reality. There is no physical reality in truth. Um, the five senses are picking up waveform information. They turn it into electrical information, which is fed to the brain. And the brain decodes it, processes it into digital holographic information. And that digital holographic information appears to be outside of us when it's actually within us. And um, so the external world does not exist in physicality. What we call the external world is a waveform field of information which we're decoding. Just as uh, you get Wi-Fi and the computer will take that Wi-Fi information, which is nothing more than a radiation field but it's encoded with information. That Wi-Fi field is encoded with the entire information of the internet. And a computer will um, tap in, connect with that Wi-Fi field, and it will put the information in the field on the screen in a totally different um, state to what it is in the field. And that's it. See, this is one of the interesting things that when I, as I research this, the gathering um, technological network and uh, possibilities of the modern technological world are mimicking the reality that we're actually experiencing. Mm. So when people put a headset on and they put the gloves on and they put the, the, the earphones on, when they're playing a virtual reality game, 
what that game is doing is hacking into the five senses. It's hacking into the brain. And, and that information is being fed to the brain. Think of the, the probe in the back of the, yes. the people of the matrix, yes. outside the matrix, and they go into the game. But what's taking them into the game is the mind. And you can see as people kind of respond, I mean, they're standing in a room. Um, they're like in the matrix, they're outside the matrix, but through the mind, they go into the matrix, they go into the virtual reality game. And it can be so real to them that they're thrashing around, even though they're in, in a room that's obviously um, not in the uh, reality that they're experiencing at all. It's completely different. Take the headphone, uh, the uh, headset off, oh God, back in the room again. But when it's on, it, it is constantly um, feeding information to the brain and it's hacking into the very processes through which we create this reality. And, um, and I imagine if you put a headset on when you come out of the womb and you'd never take it off, mm. what's going to be your reality? What's your, going to be your sense of reality? It's going to be what, whatever the headset is feeding your brain. Um, and so... when you go through that process of expansion expansion of awareness you start to tap into frequencies that are beyond the simulation that's when you start to get it you start to realize what the situation is um and you know you you see you see more and more and more about the simulation as you as you awaken and expand but there comes a point where you actually are tapping into uh, energies consciousness awareness beyond the simulation and at that point you see we're in a simulation even if you don't see it then you intuitively know it mm -hmm. you know uh, just after the tournament of the millennium I, I, I said um, we're in a simulation and the limits of the simulation on our level of it there are other levels of it is the speed of light and that the speed of light um, appears to be the fastest speed. It's not, it's pedestrian um, compared with what's possible, but it seems to be the fastest speed because it's the fastest speed within the simulation. It's the limit speed of the simulation. And then um, in April, 2021, there was a, an article in um, Scientific American where this guy, you know, academic guy, comes out, he says, uh, he's concluded that we live in a simulation and the limit of the simulation is the speed of light. I thought, well, that's interesting. I said that around 2002-03. And so what he's saying is, he's absolutely right, is that if you create a virtual reality game, then the rules that you set for that game, and you're setting them because you're creating it, are what we call the laws of physics. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the rules of the game. But no matter what the rules of the game are, there's always a limit. And that's the processing speed of the computation. And he was linking the speed of light to the limit of the processing speed of the simulation. And he's absolutely right. Mm. 
Um, and so as people awaken, they are, uh, th this, this group that I'm talking about, uh, getting bigger all the time, they are becoming less and less influenced. They might not know we're in a simulation. They might not have got that far, but they, they're becoming less and less influenced by the simulation um, direction. Because what they're doing is they're starting to say, instead of just following everyone else, I want to think for myself. I want to make my own decisions. So you become less and less influenced by it, even though you don't know you're in it. Um, but if you, um, if you expand your consciousness enough, you start to see that actually we are in a simulation. Yes. And that's the last thing this cult wants. It needs us in the simulation to be in this world and of this world. So all our perceptions are coming from the stimuli of the simulation. The awakening break that. And when they break it, they start to access levels of awareness that are not influenced at all by the simulation. And that's, that's when uh, the whole uh, house of cards comes down because uh, it, it, it loses its power over us. Um, and, you know, I, I've reached the point now where I, I keep it constantly in my mind that I'm in a simulation and that I am uh, a state of awareness outside the simulation. That's the true I, that's me. Yes, yes. Uh, because it's important, I would suggest, to, to, to kind of hold that because what this simulation is doing is subliminally impacting on us all the time through the subconscious, the conscious mind, whatever. It's, 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 it's subliminally impacting upon us. And what you find with um, the subliminal world is that once you make the subliminal conscious, the subliminal loses its power over you. So I, I've used um, images in my books over the years where um, there's, I've put the picture in the book and there's been a, a, a subliminal image in it, something that the conscious mind can't see, but the subconscious sees it. That's what subliminals are about, manipulating mm -hmm. the subconscious. But the point is something like 95% of people won't see the subliminal. But once you point it out, there it is, and people see it, in other words, it's gone from the subconscious to the conscious. Every time that person sees that picture ever again, the subliminal is the first thing they see mm. because it's been made conscious. So um, this uh, um, simulation is constantly subliminally directing our thoughts, directing our lives, directing our, our, our perceptions. If you're not in touch with, awareness beyond it but once you make it conscious yes this is a simulation and i am consciousness beyond the simulation mm. then there's a completely different perceptual consciousness dynamic between you and the world that you are experiencing and this loses its power over you absolutely massively so we'll come to the metaverse because this is where this connects into this
As people um, more and more awaken, um, they are creating, not least to take those not awakening deeper and deeper and deeper into the illusion. They're creating other levels of the simulation, what you could call, because it's true, a simulation within the simulation. So if you look at this um, smart grid, the smart grid is, uh, which is being created by um, people like Elon Musk putting up these low orbit satellites, thousands of them, to beam Wi-Fi and 5G, et cetera, at the Earth. Because they, they're creating this technological, what they call cloud. And the point of the satellites is to eventually have the cloud at every inch of the planet. Because the idea is to connect um, the human brain through artificial intelligence to the cloud. So we become a hive mind of the cloud. I mean, I mean they're, they're, they're basically admitting this. Well, they are admitting it. People like Ray Kurzweil at Google. Because now, like I say, it's come to sales pitching it and selling it because they know they can't hide it anymore because they're on the brink of bringing it in. So um, this smart grid in which uh, all technology is connected to this cloud, uh, this internet cloud and is controlled by it, and the Internet of Things, which is what that is, is, is moving towards what they call the Internet of Everything, which is when the human brain is also connected to the cloud. So whoever controls the cloud controls every human mind and all technology connected to the cloud, which is planned to be all technology. I mean, it's tens of billions of things already. Um, so that is a what they're doing is they're creating a simulation within a simulation because what this cloud is doing is creating another layer or another layer of information, another information field to which humans are attached and are influenced by. So you've got the simulation field where you've got the infinite field, then you've got the simulation field, but now you've got the, um, the smart grid field within the simulation field and the metaverse is another layer that's to um, take your um, perception even out of the body and into a avatar which is nothing more than a digital um, vehicle so consciousness then is within a simulation Within a simulation, the smart grid, within a simulation, the metaverse, and consciousness is working through a body which is connected to the simulation and is all part of the simulation, actually. But through the body, it's now also a avatar body that's simply in cyberspace. So look, look at where it's going further and further away from expanded levels of consciousness, which is the true I. They're building layers and layers and layers of illusory, technologically generated, simulated realities 
to entrap us deeper and deeper and deeper into um, the illusion. And one aspect of this is, or one expression of this, is um, the woke mentality. Um, once upon a time, we had human labels, which were uh, human self-identity labels, which were man, woman, um, religion, race. But now in the woke era, which is all funded by the billionaires of the cult, BLM is funded by the billionaires mm -hmm. of the cult. Anyone think George Soros cares about black people? I'm going to laugh. So why is he funding BLM? Divide and rule. Yes. Um, so um, you have um, this, um, this woke mentality, which what it's doing, if you look at it, because you've got this list of letters, LGBT, and it goes on and on and on and on now, where people are now self-identifying the I with the minutiae of sexual preference even. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is from an expression of all that is, has been, and ever can be, we're coming down into, who, who are you? I'm my sexual preference. Yeah. So everything is, is, is trying to uh, pull people into this perceptual self-identity mm -hmm. myopia, which all these simulated illusory realities are there to um, to entrap us in so you know when people like elon musk come out elon musk is absolutely involved in this i mean instead of listening to his man of the people uh, kind of um stuff i mean a lot of the alternative media bought this guy he's an absolute fraud just look at what he's doing He's putting up the satellites, which are essential to creating the cloud, and thus the, um, the smart grid. He's fronting up uh, Tesla, which is going towards autonomous cars, which is simply to make sure that the computer will decide where you go and the limits of where you can go and not you anymore, like with a petrol engine. And he's started this uh, this uh, company called Neuralink, which is killing lots of monkeys um, on the way to connecting the human brain to computers. Just look at what he's doing. Everything he's doing is serving the cult. So uh, this is the reason I mentioned that is when he comes out, as he did uh, a little while ago, and he said we could be living in a simulation. Because he knows we are. All these people know we are. This, these uh, these cult operatives, all these people in Silicon Valley, the major players, they know we're in a simulation. Zuckerberg's not the brightest man ever to walk the earth. I mean, just look at him. But um, he will know that this is a simulation and the metaverse is part of, of um, uh, accentuating the simulation with another level of it, of another level of illusion. Uh, you know, it's, it's so important that people let the information be their guide and not preconceived idea and certainly not limit where they will go and what they will say and what they will explore by how they think people will respond to them doing it. 
Because if, if you uh, live in a prison of fearing what other people think, then you're not going to go into any of these areas that are going to bring things to the surface that we need to know about. Because you're going to say, well, even if I've kind of seen it, I can't talk about it because how will people react to me? Yes. So I'll keep the mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is through intimidation, the prevailing simulation narrative prevails. And um, so crucial to actually... Uh, breaking out of that prison is to lose the fear of what other people think of you because it doesn't matter because they'll think something else tomorrow yes I mean, I, i'm the living proof of that i mean you know i, I, I i've been uh, ridiculed and abused by some monumental morons i mean you know you know if you, if you want to meet a moron just follow me in the 90s you meet them all the time um uh, passing me in the street and laughing and pointing and all that stuff uh, and, and if you had allowed that to happen, if you had allowed that to happen, you wouldn't be where you are today and, and, and written, you know, the 20 plus books that you have written. Um, caring what other people think about us is detrimental to our expansiveness and our growth and to breaking out of this matrix. If you look at it, fear of what other people think is another means to impose the official narrative. Yes, because you simply will not challenge the official narrative because the majority have bought it and you don't want to go um, against the majority because what will people think? What will people do and say? And so the official narrative, even though you may want to question it, doesn't get questioned. It's another form of censorship because the worst the worst type of the most insidious type of censorship is self-censorship because that yes. means there's no debate. Yes. There's nothing. It, it, the, what's inside you simply doesn't circulate or get debated or discussed because you won't, you won't say it. Um, and what happens when you, um, you go through this awakening process, you break out the five cents prison cell, is um, this demand that comes from that, that you... Uh, come to your own conclusions rather than someone else telling you what your conclusion should be means that you are going to speak out. You are going to speak your truth. The more you awaken, the more people speak their truth because the less concern they have about what other people think, because, you know, the, the, the greatest way of suppressing and submitting humanity, getting them to submit, is to delete their self-respect. Yes. Once your self-respect's gone, there's nothing left but submission. It's self-respect that stops you submitting. It's self-respect that stop people having the jab, that stop people following the guidelines of the COVID hoax. Um, I went through the whole thing. I never I did any of it. Nothing, not one little tiny thing did I do. In, in that whole period um, that I was supposed to do, I wouldn't do it. And so, again, when you, when you open this and you go into these expanded levels of consciousness, it doesn't mean you're Buddha, you know, cross-legged on a mountain or under a tree. It's our natural state. It's how we all should be. 
We're in an unnatural state because it's been artificially suppressed. So we don't um, express that natural state. The whole point of the manipulation. And so once you uh, open your, your heart, once you start to expand your awareness to levels of frequency that are beyond the simulation and its influence, you stop looking at consequences for doing what you know to be right. Because to look at consequences is to consider not doing what you know to be right. And, and you know, anyone that wants to um, stand up and challenge this evil will be able to list a series of potential consequences for why they probably shouldn't do it. And the list gets long enough and, and people say, well, I'd like to do it, but not that badly. Whereas you, you reach levels of awareness, levels of self-identity, where consequences don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm doing what I know to be right, mm-hmm. and that's it. There is no other um, conversation to be had. It's right to do this. It's right to say this. So I'm going to do it and say it. And that's when, you know, no level of ridicule, no level of abuse will stop you saying it and doing it. Because it, uh, fearing abuse and ridicule for doing and saying something, uh, that's, that's a perceived consequence which stops people doing it. Well, you don't perceive consequences because you don't even consider them. It's right, uh, so I'm doing it. Then yes. ridicule and abuse have no effect on you whatsoever. Um, and I can tell you that from experience. Um, there's no level of abuse. There's no level of ridicule. There's no level of threat or alleged intimidation that will stop me doing what I know to be right. It just won't happen. I'd rather die than do that. I love it. I love it. It's so important for us to, you know, free ourselves from the chains of what other people think about us and, you know, speak the truth. I think it's our divine right once we have awakened to what's going on to bring that information into the world so as to wake up the rest of our brothers and sisters in realizing that, you know, we are the majority and we are the ones who are holding ourselves back by allowing the, the few at the top to control us. Exactly. And it's very simple. Uh, it's just a, a, um, a system of imposition and acquiescence, imposition and acquiescence. Each perceived superior level in the hierarchy imposes and the level below it acquiesces and then imposes on the level below them. That's how the whole uh, deal works. So you've got your your people in your luminous jackets who seem to, seem to be breeding overnight. Luminous jackets are everywhere. Um, and their perceived bosses tell them what to do and how to behave in relation to the public. And so they do. And their bosses are told by their bosses and their bosses are told by their bosses. And it's a hierarchy of imposition and acquiescence 
which comes eventually down to the bottom of the pyramid in the hierarchy where you have the mass of the population. And if we acquiesce at that level to those levels that are imposing upon us, like governments and law enforcement and all these people, then um, we have completed a circuit between the top of the pyramid, which is the inner core of this cult, globally and nationally, to the bottom of the pyramid, which is the mass of humanity, we've um, completed a circuit of imposition, acquiescence, imposition, acquiescence, that if we acquiesce as a population, that circuit has imposed upon the entire human population of getting on for 8 billion people. What a handful of people at the top of the cult, top of the pyramid, have, um, have dictated. And that inner core of the cult, you would get into a single room. And yet through this imposition acquiescence um, technique, um, they impose their will on billions and billions of people. And if people say, well, you know, they can't do that. Well, the COVID era, I rest my case. Thank you so much for tuning into Universal Grace Podcast. Join us next week for part two as David Ike and I will talk about big tech and big government censoring our conversation surrounding the pandemic. Thank you for listening to Universal Grace Podcast and being part of this amazing community. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and I hanging out and helping each other rise to the top. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. So I'll see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, remember to head on over to universalgracepodcast.com and get some extra special resources that you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for listening and let love guide you.